Welcome to the Mindful Personal Training Podcast with Dr. Clint Cepeda. Dr. Cepeda will discuss all the issues you face when losing weight, creating effective exercise design, and training with intensity. Dr. Cepeda is a health and exercise science researcher specializing in obesity, program design, and mindful behavioral changes. Be sure to stop by drclintcepeda.com for more information. And now, here is Dr. C. Well, 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 thank you once again. We have another episode. It's been a little bit of time, but uh, that's just the way the podcast rumbles. Anyway, welcome to Mindful Personal Training. This is Dr. Clint Cepeda. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of our lives and downloading the episodes across, across the nation. We got a a great one for you. We had a buddy of ours uh, call in and made a suggestion. So instead of picking a city that uh, usually we do when we do the podcast, we are going nationwide because he travels quite often. He's a trucker and he had a question about caffeine. So this week we are actually going to just break down caffeine and not get it too complicated for you guys but actually talk about it in terms of the benefits of caffeine. We'll talk about that. And then we'll also talk about what it is in in simple terms and some of the adverse effects that he had questions about. Then also, I'd like to kind of talk about maybe in line with that is the ploys of marketing when they consider caffeine as a fat burner. Now, we're going to try and get it to be as simple as possible, but there's going to be some technical terms and do not get uh, it too complicated. But what we want to do is try to inform you and educate you. That's what we always do. And also have a conversation because having a conversation means that uh, you have a question. I have an answer. If I don't have one, I'll find one for you. Uh, But I'd also like to have a conversation with you guys and keep the emails coming in terms of what questions that you guys had. Fortunately for my buddy, he gave me a, he called me directly and he said, you know what? You really should talk about caffeine. I'm really working really, really hard and I am just struggling to, to kind of understand what caffeine does to my body, especially being on the road. So to my friend Braulio, this episode is for you and hopefully you're out there t- keeping yourself safe and being safe on the roads. So caffeine really, it, it, it is in the simplest way I can tell you, it is a central nervous stimulant. And what that means, it is a outside substance that your body will ingest that will go ahead and stimulate the central nervous system. Now that can come in many different ways. Could it be classified as a drug? You know, you have people that argue for it and argue against it. My personal take And my professional take is it just depends on who's selling the marketing and what is being FDA approved, whether it's a legal drug or not. But in terms of it being a stimulant or something to give an artificial means of an effect, so to speak, to your body, it could be labeled a drug, um, but it's not. It's legal. So as far as pharmaceutical grade caffeine, you don't even have to go that far because caffeine can be found in many different substances. And to some degrees, 10, 15, 20 grams of caffeine is not going to do anything to you. So one of the reasons it sparked this conversation in this episode for this week is my buddy, you know, he would ask me about all the different brands of the caffeine drinks that are out there. And there are the big ones. And of course, you know, I don't really particularly support or 
you know, go against any of the major brands. He just had a couple of questions. So he said, you should make a podcast out of it because uh, the same questions I have is the same questions my coworkers have. And I'm sure there's other people out there. So thank you once again to my buddy Baralio. Either way, if you talk about caffeine is we have andiocyne uh, receptors in our brain and their central nervous system. What's happening is caffeine will go ahead and block that and make you stimulated, awake, alert. That's basically what it does. I don't want to get too far into the weeds about it, but that's basically what it does. When we are tired and fatigued, our body's natural way of resting is sleeping or taking a nap. Now, when we are not at the luxury of taking a nap at three o'clock in the afternoon because you're still at work or you're running errands and you need that extra jolt in the afternoon that most people do because a nap is not currently available, then yes, that caffeine jolt is what's going to block that andiocene from getting into that brain and taking the place of it and creating a stimulant to where you are up, buzzed and awake. Now, is it habit forming? Absolutely. That was one of his questions. So there's your answer. Uh, is it something to where one is better than the other? No, it's all the basics as far as no difference between the caffeine makeup in an energy drink versus the caffeine makeup that you would receive in a drip coffee. The challenge that everybody has is what is the amount that your body, body is willing to take? What is the amount that can stimulate you enough and keep you awake and buzzed to continue your day or your activity or whatever you're planning on doing? Well, that's where some of the dangers fall in. You are ingesting caffeine. If you're doing it to get a buzz, even though you may not need one, then that is a habit. Whether it's good or bad, that is a habit because most people will start their day with coffee, which is perfectly fine. I can't lie and say that I don't as well. But if you've seen some of the social media memes out there and some of the things that are in conversation, I can't start my day without coffee if I do. I'm a terrible person. And some people are just like that. At that point in the game, you have to kind of consider what the effect coffee has, coffee has or caffeine has on you, your brain, your attitude and how you see your life. And that's a whole nother conversation. But getting back to what you see as a benefit, caffeine in its rawest form can be good, but it also can be easily abused. So let's go back to his sports drink question or his energy drink question. There are many, many different brands out there. And there are brands that are looking so pretty in those shiny aluminum cans and the color scheme of each one and what it, said is it says it's going to do and how the lingo on the can is going to get you up and ready to go for your day or for your event or whatever you're going to use it for. Well, you're looking just basically at caffeine. Everything else is add-ons. So it would be more affordable to buy a buck 75 or a buck 50, depending where you buy your drip coffee and get 150 milligrams of caffeine than buying a 12 to 16 ounce can of caffeine for three, four dollars a pop and all the extra stuff. So therein lies the question that he had. How safe is it? I think in terms of taking that and you don't have any type of sensitivity to it or you're not abusing it, meaning you're taking it every day, two, three times a day, you're taking it even when you are well rested. Those are things that are on a case by case basis. Taking an energy drink every once in a while and you are in moderate health 
good health is probably not going to do anything to you, barring the means that you're not caffeine sensitive, pregnant, all these type of different things. Just a regular fitness fanatic and you're using it for a a pump or you're using it for some sort of uh, stimulant before you go into workout, then we run into some abuse problems because then your mind and your attitude and your emotions connect that you will have a great workout every time you take one of those things. And that's quite frankly, all the way true. Will the effort be different if you didn't have caffeine in your system? Yes, but it's such a fine line to abuse that. It's such a fine line to pop one of those cans before you go in that over time you will create long-term damage. Now, will it be damage that you can't come back from? I don't know. I can't. I'm not, I couldn't analyze you. I couldn't see what you're doing. I don't know. I don't know how long you've been taking it. What I can say is that long-term use of that type of caffeine in a can is different than caffeine in a cup. Because the caffeine that you are getting, that you are brewing at home or from your K-Pod or or your Keurig or whatever you're using for just one cup of coffee is pure. That is just the coffee grounds and water. That's it. Now, whatever you put into it, I'm not talking about that. We're just talking strictly about caffeine. Now, at its purest sense, the caffeine is fine. And at that point in the game, if it's just an average cup of coffee, you can run that anywhere between 75 to 125 milligrams of caffeine. Okay, that's adequate. That's okay. You get used to that. And the challenge is, is that after time, that may not be enough. But then that also goes back to what are you doing that you're so tired What are you doing in the day that you need that? So it's kind of a, I guess, not a false sense of security, but if you were to dig deeper into a person's life and wonder why they were drinking so much caffeine, is it because of their lifestyle that they're doing things that are not getting adequate rest, overweight, Um, they have a high stress job where they're constantly working and they work through the entire day and don't listen to the body's wave of saying Hey, we need to take a nap. Let's do that right now at 2.30 in the afternoon. Now, most Americans will go, no, 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 no. I got to go, 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 go. I'm in the middle of a work day. This is not going to work for me. I got to get done before five. I got to get done before I leave for the day. So I need to push through. Have I been guilty of that? Absolutely. Absolutely. We all have. But over time, you realize that you're just running yourself ragged and There is no amount of caffeine that will keep you up. Now, he also had another question uh, from another uh, email that if caffeine can't keep you up anymore, is that a way for other people to use other stimulants? Yes. Because at that point, your body gets so used to that. We talked about that before in other podcasts, that your body is smart. It gets used to your program design when you train. If you're doing the same 25 push-ups for the next five months, nothing's going to happen. But if you modify those push-ups, then you're going to get another type of reaction from the body. Well, the same thing can be said with caffeine. You can start with caffeine and you can start with 75 milligrams and you can also start with 100 milligrams and get two cups, maybe three cups, maybe another cup in the afternoon. And maybe you need 200 milligrams of caffeine in that big aluminum can that's just staring at you at the local convenience store, or maybe 300. Either way, we keep pushing the envelope. There is only so much stimulation that the central nervous system can handle. And when it comes to caffeine, there are limits. Now, is it possible to get addicted to even a small amount? Yeah. But the small amount that you have versus the large amount 
over time, you have to realize what are you using the caffeine for? And then it goes into that deeper question we talked about earlier. What is it that you're doing that you're so fatigued? Now, there are great benefits to caffeine. There is great things to talk about with caffeine consumption and how we how we take it. But you also have to time it. Is there evidence out there in, in research land that we take a little bit of caffeine before a workout and that it absolutely helps us? Yes. But you have to see what kind of workout that you are doing. If you're just going on the treadmill and you're walking at 3.5 speed at a 3.0 incline and you're taking caffeine because it boosts you up, I'd probably think that you have a deeper problem than that. Because that's not what stimulation should be for in terms of activating that central nervous system. You have minimal effort on the treadmill by walking. Now, if you're telling me you're going to power clean and then you're going to do plyo boxes and then you're out for a mile run, uh, that may be something that you could go ahead and do that and push push yourself through. But if you're running ragged already and you are planning on working out, my best piece of advice that if you're that fatigued and tired skip the workout, rest. Your body will do better in the long term by resting and recuperating and trying to get as much time down to the recovery mode that your body needs because something is happening that even if you have a great workout, you're thinking, man, every time I'm down and out, I do need that 200, 300 milligrams of caffeine. And therein lies the problem. Because then the next time you'll believe that and then you'll start believing it every time you are tired and life is exactly the same. And so you're always tired and you're always now taking 300 milligrams of caffeine prior to your workout. That creates a habit that creates a problem. One of the big challenges of having high ingestion of caffeine, heart palpitations, palms are sweaty. Your central nervous system is on fire. You can feel it. Maybe a tingly sensation around the eyebrows and your forehead is sweating. Those are kind of indications that you may need a backup from the caffeine. If you are also looking to find out if caffeine is something that is positive enough to take every once in a while, research is good, you're fine. But what is your every once in a while? As we talk more, it gets a little bit more deeper because every once in a while to me, once again, is different than your every once in a while. Now, every once in a while for a caffeine stimulant once a week, that's every once in a while. I mean, let's do the math. You're talking about 30 days in a month and you only took it four times in a 30 day period. I think you're okay. Then the next question is, well, how many milligrams did you take? Now, if you told me it's just a regular cup of coffee at 75 to 125 milligrams and it's a drip coffee, then yeah, you're perfectly fine. But if you're telling me that you're taking 300 milligrams for that big boost once a week, okay, I mean, that means for 300 milligrams of coffee or of caffeine, maybe you could have just pushed through because then for the rest of the week, you you were doing fine. I mean, those are all just different arbitrary type of situations and, and everybody's unique. But what I'd like to just pass along in terms of caffeine consumption is know your limits. And I'm not saying that just to rake over the answer. You should know your limits. You should know exactly how much milligrams of caffeine that you are consuming. Now, most cans that you read at your local convenience store will tell you how much is in there. 
you know, to give them credit, they responsibly tell you, do not consume more than dun, dun, dun. do not consume more than two per day. Do not consume more three that whatever their label says, I would take heed to that. I really would. But I also would take heed to kind of research and think if the main component of all the drinks out there, no matter how fancy the can looks is caffeine, then you're better off with jet black coffee. I know it doesn't taste great for most people because that's why you have tons of flavors for all those drinks out there. As far as health-wise and long-term benefits, jet black coffee, and you can ice it down if you like, put some honey in there if you like, you know, that would benefit you and keep you safe long-term than popping drinks that are 300 milligrams of caffeine when you're still dragging already and using that to boost you up. Just be careful. Knowing your limits with caffeine consumption is going to go a long way. Don't get caught up in the marketing about how it tells you that it's going to give you focus and it's going to give you this and it's going to give you the sharpest mind and faster legs. Regular black coffee do that too. Green tea will do that. Black tea will do that. All the fancy stuff in there that you can't pronounce and you can't research right then and there when you're opening that refrigerator door at the convenience store, if you don't know what it is and you're kind of wary about it, I'd put it down. Black coffee and caffeine, great stuff. Research is good. It's been great for a while. You just have to know your limits and you have to be honest with yourself. And as you consume the drink, what time are you consuming it? Are you consuming it out of habit? Are you consuming it because, you know, just today just felt like a long day and I probably need it. And I can understand that. But if you have any chance to take a nap, even if it's 10, 15, that'll give you a lot of boost rather than taking a high sugar because most of them are taking a high sugar and highly caffeinated and highly suspect chemical combination drink at 2.30 in the afternoon than taking a 15-minute nap. And I know it's tough because it's about convenience, right? But if you're looking at fitness and health for the rest of your life, start creating foundations, even supplement foundations and drink foundations because that is what we try to keep our body in shape with, you know, each supplement that is out there, uh, some are good, some are bad, some are good for you, some you don't need. For this particular podcast, we're talking about caffeine and I am a big proponent of caffeine. It's just how you get it. So keep in mind when you do have a moment to look and see the beautiful, beautiful aisle of all the colored cans, know this, a cup of coffee that you can control its contents with creamer and sugar and all that is a whole lot better option than taking a caffeine boost that may or may not be the most helpful thing for you prior to a workout that you're going to have that afternoon. Know your limits, know what you're intaking, and be a little bit more educated on what you consume. That's going to do it this week for Mindful Personal Training with Dr. Clint Cepeda. That's me, Dr. C. We appreciate all the support. And if you have any more questions, please do not hesitate to drop us a line. Stop by www.drclintcepeda.com. Cepeda, C-E-P-E-D-A. That gets misspelled all the time. We'll see you next week. Take care. Remember, stay healthy, stay well, and stay fit. Dr. Clint Cepeda has a research background in health science and exercise sports science with a focus in obesity and mindfulness. The statements made in this podcast are for educational and motivational purposes only.